Welcome to the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best doubles strategies to improve your game and win more matches. I'm your host, Will Bocek. This podcast, my website, and my weekly newsletter all focus on the goal of better understanding the sport of doubles and helping players like you improve faster through actionable advice that you can use in your very next match. My goal is to provide the best doubles strategy resources in the world. And to do that, I study, analyze, and work with players at every level of the game, all the way up to the ATP and WTA tours. If you enjoy this podcast, I've created double strategy products that go even deeper if you want to take your doubles knowledge to the next level. At the end of this episode, I'll explain more about them, or if you want to learn more now, go to thetennistribe.com slash products. Here's today's episode. You're about to hear my conversation with Neil Skupski from the Dallas Open. Neil is currently the number eight doubles player on the ATP Tour. He's a former world number one. He's a three-time Wimbledon champion, including two mixed doubles titles with Desiree Krafcik. And then last year, he won the men's doubles title at Wimbledon with Wesley Kuhlhoff. And he's definitely one of the best doubles players in the world over the last three years or so. So I sat down with him on Wednesday of the Dallas Open. They had won their first match on Monday, so I talked to him a little bit about uh, what he does with those days off when you have kind of a gap in your schedule like that. And then from there, we talk about the practice court. And Neil goes into probably more detail than anybody I've ever had on the podcast in terms of uh, professional doubles players. So he goes through specific drills that he he and his partner, Santiago Gonzalez, did that day and how they relate to the match court. So um, the thing that I really took away from it is that all of their practice is focused on trying to simulate real match situations. So after listening to this, you should be thinking about how to restructure your own practice court to help it uh, or to make it more like your actual doubles matches. After discussing practice, we talk a little bit about analytics, how the LTA helps British doubles players uh, with analytics. We also talk about mixed doubles where, like I said, he's won Wimbledon twice. He and Desiree Krafcik also just made the finals at the Australian Open. Uh, And then we talk about his relationship with his brother and coach, Ken Skupski. So they used to be a team on the ATP tour, then Ken retired. Now Ken is coaching Neil. So we talk a little bit about that as well. And then at the end, we discuss how to make doubles more popular. So uh, this is a really fun conversation, about 20 minutes or so with one of the better doubles players on tour. Uh, So without further delay, enjoy my conversation with Neil Skupski. All right, we're here with Neil Skupski at the Dallas Open. Neil, you're into uh, the second round after your win on Monday. Uh, And before we get to tennis, I wanted to start with something that might be a little more important. So uh, since Nick Saban's gone at Alabama, how many national titles can Brian Kelly win at LSU? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, Brian Kelly, he's been doing uh, well in the last couple of years. Obviously, um, it's not easy to start with coming in and trying to change the program straight away. Um, but yeah, he's doing a good job. We uh, seem to be trending in the right direction. Um, but yeah, it's obviously Nick Saban's got, gone now. So uh, hopefully there's not a, there's a few LSU um, national championships around the corner. Um, but even if Nick Saban was there, I think we'd still win anyway. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> um, so y'all played Monday. You won uh, 
and you've had two days off. What do you do with this time off during a tournament when you've got this kind of gap? Yeah, so we, we finished on Monday um, and then obviously the, the tournament told us that we wouldn't play until Thursday just because of the scheduling wise. Um, so yeah, we, we practiced yesterday on Tuesday um, and then normally if we have two days off, we'll probably try and get a game of golf in somehow. Mm. Um, that's what we did. Uh, I think it's good to kind of get away from the tennis court, um, kind of relax our minds. Uh, Where'd you play? Uh, we played at Stevens Park. Um, okay. it, was a, it was a municipal, um, but it was yeah. it was a nice course. It was uh, it was good. It was it's a lot better than any municipals in in England that I've seen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it's good, especially um, playing with Santi Gonzalez. Now it was good kind of um, team good bonding. Feel for his golf game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's very good. He's a lot better than me. Oh really? Uh, my brother came along, and then we had Nate Lamons um, join us as a a four ball. But it was good. Um, and then today. Wednesday kind of um, relaxed a little bit. We we probably did an hour and a half on the on the tennis court, do some specifics, um, try and iron out a few little kinks on a game. And yeah, we're trying to. Obviously, we only started in January together. We've only this is our third tournament together, so still a lot uh, a lot to learn with each other. Um, but I think we're we're going in the right direction, and um, yeah, looking forward to our next match on Thursday. What did uh, practice look like these past couple of days? I like to kind of get into details for listeners so they can kind of take mm. away things for their own practices. Yeah, so, um, I mean, we warm up just from the back, um, up and down the middle, cross courts, um, probably for about five, ten minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get into more doing the stuff around the net, um, warm up my volley, smashes, um, and then we'll do some, like, attack and defend stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be at the net, my um, my coach, my brother, he would feed Santi an easy ball down the line and he would try and pass me or um, make it a difficult volley for me. Um, so so Santi's at the baseline? Santi's at the baseline, he's got okay. a short ball and he's hitting the ball very hard at me okay. or around me mm-hmm. um, just to try and, uh, um, for me to turn defense into attack in some way. Mm-hmm. So I've got to be obviously quick with my reactions, um, try and get Santi off the, the front foot by um, either angling it off or um, pushing it back to a weaker side, normally a backhand side, because mm-hmm. um, we don't like to kind of give everyone um, two or three forehands in a row, right. um, as that's the normally the strength of a player. Um, but yeah, we do that, and then we change it up where we... This, this is down the line, right? Down the line, okay. yeah. And you're playing the point out? Yeah, I mean, so okay. mostly in in double situation, um, say me and my partner, um, I'm at the back um, hitting a ground stroke, mm-hmm. um, Santi's at, uh, at the net, um, and both of the our opponents are at the net. Mm-hmm. I would normally hit the guy down the line in front of me mm-hmm. just to give Santi... To bring him into play more. Mm-hmm. If I hit to the guy in the cross court, it kind of takes Santi out of the game. The angles open up, and then mm-hmm. normally would, we would lose the point with the, with uh, me hitting down the line, um, aiming for the guy's left hip. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives them less angles. Um, it gives them a back and volley, which is normally the weaker one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Santi can kind of squeeze over a little bit and try and get involved. Um, but yeah. That's what we, we would do for that one. Um, and then a little bit with attacking the friend from the back. So easy ball for Santi from the back, 
he hits it hard at me when I'm at the back as well on the baseline. And then we play the point out from there. Because um, all these, every time we go into a match court, well, practice court, we want to simulate match conditions. Mm -hmm. And normally in them situations, um, you're getting attacked by a, an opponent. So um, you need to practice that. And then also vice versa when you're on the attack. Mm -hmm. And then what about serves and returns? How much time do you spend on that? Yeah, a, a big amount because especially in doubles, that's a big part of the, of, of doubles. Um, normally probably spend about, if we do an hour on, on the practice call, we'll probably spend about 20 minutes. Uh, mm -hmm. we'll quickly warm up to each of the sides. Um, I would normally serve to the opposite side, that's Santi. So I would serve to the ad side because Santi plays on the juice. Santi would serve to the juice side. Um, and then from there, we would change it up. Santi would serve to me. I would work on my returns mm -hmm. um, and then change it up. And then normally, once we're warm, we would then um, play a few points. Normally, it's we play a, a game called the volleyball game, whereas mm -hmm. you can only win points on you, when you're serving. And then if you don't win the point, then it, I cha they change the server. I would serve and vice versa until you get to seven. Um, just to, That's just to work on kind of game situations, um, trying to win points on your serve. Mm -hmm. And then changing it up to where we would only you can only win um, points when you're returning, and that's normally when you are facing a second serve. Mm, okay, and in that you're just playing the point out cross court. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah, normally it's cross court, but in some situations, like you'll play I formation, mm -hmm. um, or is it is that called Australian? In America, uh, it depends. Yeah, it's, it's I teach it as two different things. Okay, so I is what you all do, but Australian is. A little bit more over on the same side. Yeah, a little bit more over if like you have bad knees or something. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Um, um, so I would like the not like um, the I formation that we play. Um, the server would tell the returner which way he's going to come in down mm -hmm. the line or cross court uh, where to return. Uh, he doesn't tell you where he's going to serve, um, but mm -hmm. yeah, that's what we would normally do in practice. Yeah, yeah. So it's all kind of simulating real match situations. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about? Uh, the rest of the day, are you going to, I think this match has already started for your opponents tomorrow. Do you yep. typically watch that or do you, have you already kind of scouted them and you're just kind of going to relax the rest of the day? How do you approach yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I, I know probably, I know three out of the four. I don't know Mansouri that well, uh, but he's been doing very well. He's won, I think, two challenges back to back with a British guy, Luke Johnson. Um, mm -hmm. They've just got back in, well, just got into the side, got inside the top 100 for the first time. Um, so obviously he's full of confidence. Um, but yeah, my, obviously my brother and Santi's coach are watching them now. Um, mm -hmm. after this, I'll, I'll go join them. Um, just get it, just get a feel of, um, what's happening because both teams have never played with each other. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little bit, it could be a little bit, a bit of a different dynamic. Um, but I'll also do a, my own homework back home, uh, back at the hotel room, because we have enough, we, we do have plenty of time normally on the road, um, to look at, um, and try and scout, especially with, it's nice with being a British player with the LTA. They, they do a lot of scouting and we have a lot of stat, stats on, um, our opponents. So if I wanted to look at Gonzalo Escobar, um, say he wins, I'll go back. I would type his name into this doc, uh, into the database, into this system. And uh, we'll probably, probably, Escobar probably have about 20 matches on him. Mm -hmm. um, stats on where he serves, where he returns, what his weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. um, probably have 10 videos on him playing with opponents. 
Um, he used to play with uh, Ariel Behar. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll have videos of them playing together. Um, and then I'll just watch. They kind of snip it down to probably like a, normally a match is an hour and a half. Um, the LTA break it down to seven minutes, take out all the, the breaks. Mm-hmm. You just see points, um, which is great. And then you can filter um, the videos to see if you just wanted to watch the returns, if you just wanted to watch them serving. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big advantage of being a British tennis player because uh, the LTA help you out in a in a massive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've uh, heard that the LTA supports in that way. And I know, as far as I know, USTA doesn't do that. Um, and I've been talking a little bit to try to get them to do a little bit more analytics. But it sounds like a lot of players I talk to, um, some of them are, are very heavy into the analytics and a lot of players like to like to play with a little bit more feel and kind of like just go with their gut. It sounds like you're a little bit more on the analytics side. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to play by the numbers. Um, I like to kind of um, at least go into the match knowing maybe what the guy's favorite serve is mm-hmm. um, and then maybe edge over to that. Um, if we do get a juice point, um, that deciding point juice and then if he, if I see on the stats where he's he's never hit a wide serve on a big point, right? I'm going to edge over to the T serve. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just something that I like to look at. Um, I like to tick off all the boxes before going into a match, um, because if you don't, you feel like you're not prepared, and then um, yeah, things can get in your into your head. I mean, I know a lot of people. Some guys just like to go on court, not really think about it, and just try and play their own game, mm-hmm. which is which is great. I try and I try and do that as well, but I like to back that up with a little bit of um, stats. Sure. So something uh, I noticed on Monday. So we we were having a conversation with you and Santi after your match, and something I noticed in the match was they the opponent seemed to get into Santi's serve a little bit more. I think he was broken twice, and they had like another deuce point. And I mentioned that to Santi and, uh, you know, asked him why he thought that was the case. And he said, I felt like I was serving well. Um, I didn't really think anything was wrong. I don't think there's any adjustments that needed to be made. And then I noticed you were very quick to jump in and say, it's also not just the server's fault if they're in his service games. I missed a few volleys at the net. Talk a little bit more about, A, why you did that and then why that's uh, so important. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it's it's not, in my opinion, when someone gets broke, it's it's a team that gets broke. It's not an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, we go that we go on the court as a team. Um, so I I never I never blame my my uh, my partner for obviously if they have a bad day, if they get broke, um, if the, if we lose, it's not his fault. It's a team's. Obviously, we lost together. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Santi. Me and Santi actually, in my opinion, we we, we did serve good, um, mm-hmm. but in that situation, they came up with some good returns. Um, they they made us play a few more balls than they had been because um, we were going through our service games quite comfortably. I think Santi, I think he got he got broke. I think he got he got broke once. It was at the second set because we we went, we went five two down. Okay. Um, that's he, what it was he, yeah yeah, yeah he, i think the first said there was a deuce point yeah he, he held he, the thing was yeah he held okay uh from fifteen forty down okay yeah. and he came up with some good serves right um but then obviously in the second set they start to read his serve a little bit more they take a few more chances um i think evan hit a big 
big return down the line at some stage, mm-hmm. um, massive forehand. I think on the he cheated over a few more times to cover the the out wide serve on mm-hmm. Santi. Um and then obviously maybe the situation where is the the balls were getting old because um, the 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 court here is chewing the balls up pretty bad. Mm. Um, so the serve does slow down. So maybe that was towards the end of um, seven games where you know, it, maybe it was the last game he was serving. Um, but yeah, they were a tricky team. We we didn't have much information on them because they're kind of new to this level. Um, I've known Evan for a long time from college tennis as well. Um, but Reece Stalder, I, I obviously haven't seen too much of him. Um, but I know he's dangerous. I know what he's capable of. Um, he had a good win at Wimbledon this year, beating um, Glassball and Mahu. Um, so we needed to kind of make sure we um, we were ready. I thought we came out the blocks pretty well, um, but then obviously Santi got broke, and it was uh, we broke back pretty pretty quickly afterwards because it could have could have got tricky with going into a third set with them with the obviously the tails up um, confidence belief. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was great to get that that break back um, and then go into a, a second set tie break where we we got a great lead. I think we went up six one. They started to come back and then things started to um, get a little bit interesting. Um, a great pickup from Santi at the six four point, I think it was, um, to make Evan play another ball. Um, and then I finished it off with the volley. So it was nice to win that point because. Obviously, having five match points and not taking them, uh, it could have got tricky. And if they had won that second set tiebreak, it was anyone's game. Mm-hmm. Did you review the video of that match afterwards? Uh, or is that something you sometimes do, but maybe not always? Yeah, I mean, I haven't done this one because it's quite. It can be quite difficult to get the videos um, for mm-hmm. a, a ATP two hundred and fifty right um, yeah. online with the Grand Slams 1000 level and the 500 level it's a little bit easier, it's yeah. a little bit easier to get the the footage um i think that we can um request the the 250 level uh, matches with the ATP um but there's something that we didn't do because we thought we actually played a good match yeah. um it's normally when we play uh, a bad match like we we lost in the first week of the year in Adelaide to France and Jebbins two big servers from Germany uh 766678 um, wasn't the most ideal match to play our first uh, match together because it was just basically a lot of serve and return. Mm-hmm. There wasn't many point situations, um, so it was quite a boring match. Um, but it was something that we did look at to see if there was anything that we could work on. Um, but yeah, it's normally normally when we play a, a match where we lose, we look back at it and think what we could have done better. Um, but every so often we will watch a match that we've won to see what we did well. So um, I know we're kind of running short on time, so just a couple more questions. Uh, Australian Open, you made the the mixed final with Des. You all already have two Grand Slams together. Um, a, what makes Des such a good mixed doubles player? Um, I know she's got, I think, four Grand Slams. I think two more with uh, Joe Salisbury. Uh, and then B, what do you do differently in mixed doubles versus men's? Uh, why is Des a good mixed doubles partner? Uh, I think it's because she picks good partners. That's probably the main reason. Uh, <laughs> she's very lucky. Uh, no, I'm only joking. Uh, no, Des is great. She's um, she's great to be around on and off the court. Um, she plays great doubles. She's she's fiery. Um, she's 
a good doubles player, volleys well. Um, she's got a tricky serve. She's got an amazing back end. Mm-hmm. I think it, her back end's better than mine. Um, and yeah, you don't want to get into her on the court with with Des. Um, she, she's uh, she's a fiery character, um, especially when if something like when one of the guys tries to hit her with a ball, or mm-hmm. um, they uh, they they. They say, come on, at a, a strange time. Yeah, it seemed like Zelensky was kind of in yes. into it a little bit yeah. in the final. But then, um, yeah, it was good. I like when, obviously, Des is like that. I feel like she plays a lot better. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, she's, she obviously won four Grand Slams. It was unfortunate that we couldn't get the Australian Open for her because um, she would have had the, the full set of Grand Slams then. Mm-hmm. Uh, would have been nice for her. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to play French Open and Wimbledon together. Uh, we were uh, we've already got that confirmed. It was nice to get that out of the way, so you don't have to worry about that going um, closer to the the event. Mm-hmm. I know some people. I think Zelensky and Shay they um, they only just signed up a couple of minutes before going on uh, before the deadline. Um, yeah, Shay yeah. can win with anybody though. Well, she didn't win with me <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> no, no, she's she's very good. At least for the past year, she wins with everybody. <laughs> yeah, she's been. She had a. I think she took a year off, and then she's come back, and she's she's got up the rankings very quickly. Um, she's yeah. very she's very good, and um, she's very deceptive on the tennis court. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back in court with Des um, at the French, and then try and get another title at Wimbledon. Um, so we got three more questions. You have five minutes. Yeah, that's fine. You're good. Okay. No worries. Uh, so your brother Ken uh, is coaching you how does that relationship work as brothers and then also as coach and mm-hmm. uh, student i guess yeah i mean it's pretty easy i mean ken he retired at wimbledon um 18 months ago now something like that i think it was 18 months ago um i mean i mean he's basically been my coach nearly all my life mm-hmm. so it's pretty easy transition from him playing from him playing doubles with me for six, seven years um, and now just being in the coaching role um, with him not playing tennis at all. Uh, but he's he's been great. He's, he's obviously, it's different from being a tennis player, transitioning to a coach. It's taken him a little bit of time, mm-hmm. um, kind of get that role. But he's he seems to be enjoying it. Um, we get along very well on off the court. We've never, we don't really fight, which, um, which is nice. Um, I know some... I know brothers can obviously um, they can fight from a very young age, but mm-hmm. we've uh, we haven't really done that. Um, but yeah, it's he's enjoying it. Um, we're working towards trying to get uh, back to the top of the obviously the top of the rankings and um, play well with Santi. Um, but yeah, we're uh, putting the work in, and it seems to be going well so far. If I asked, can something that you're great at and then something that you need to improve over the next say year or two what do you think he would say as in my tennis game uh, <laughs> yeah let's stick with your tennis game yeah um what would i need to work on um i mean over the last probably year we've been working a lot on my returns mm-hmm. um I, re- I mean i return well but uh that's probably a massive part of doubles and it's something that we look back on over the at the end of the year to see what we can improve from the stats mm-hmm. um and there's definitely things that we can get better on the return winning trying to win more points on second serve returns um i was quite low last year so we're working on that um and trying to get more balls in play on first serve um so that was probably 
that's one thing that we're trying to improve um and one thing that i'm good at uh probably listening um being quite open to new ideas um but he may have a totally different answer <laughs> uh, so you'll have to ask him yourself <laughs> yeah i'd love to get him on the podcast yeah. and, and ask him that um so last question for you how do we make doubles more popular how do we make doubles more popular um ooh, um i think we need to maybe shorten it a little bit um uh, maybe less time at the change of ends um i think so would you get rid of like the the changeover break no I, I still think you need a changeover but maybe shorten it to i think it's a minute and a half at the moment okay maybe, so shorten the break yeah, but you so still mi- switch yeah you still yeah. switch maybe a minute um i think maybe fans can interact by walking in and out of stadiums um not waiting for the change events to come in yeah maybe they can walk around one. walk around freely mm-hmm. um i think try and get the the atp to get on their social medias a little bit more yeah. um promote us yeah um but it, it is difficult um they they obviously doubles players aren't um great with the instagram algorithm um, <laughs> but yeah we'll we're working on it we're trying to get as much um, publicity as possible um yeah i think fan fan engagement is going to be the most key thing for trying to grow doubles mm-hmm. awesome neil thanks a ton for coming on i appreciate the time no thanks for having me Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Doubles Only Podcast. If you're interested in diving deeper into any topics I discuss, I've created double strategy products that allow me to bring you more podcasts and other doubles content without relying on paid ads. I have ebooks and courses that help you make better strategic decisions during matches and become the smartest player on the court. Go to thetennistribe.com slash products to learn more. You can also join my free weekly double strategy newsletter that includes video lessons and more on our homepage. If you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email me directly, will at thetennistribe.com.